So this morning, we have seen the event. Uh, we have seen the story of the of the resurrection of Jesus. And when we read and when we uh, listen to the sermon of the Lord's resurrection, we partake uh, in that event with Him. And this is this story uh, explains the first coming of Jesus and His first resurrection. And now the life. Life of resurrection that comes from Jesus is what saved Lazarus uh, and resurrected him from the grave. And resurrection does not only mean that that you were dead and you came back to life. No, it means you have been given a new body, a new life. And the reason why the dead can can come to life again it was is because they have been given the life of Jesus, the life of resurrection. So today now let's look at the event, uh, the story of Lazarus. And today the, the topic will be about uh, unbelief and also faith. And in my fellowship with the Lord, uh, the Lord has opened up the revelations of faith for me. And especially in this season, this this topic of faith is very important for the remnants of God. And that's why I'm emphasizing the importance of faith. So uh, because I'm emphasizing and I'm repeating myself over and over again, do not receive this as just uh, me nagging you guys to do something, but just realize that this is important. The reason why I'm doing, I'm repeating it over, over and over again is because it is so important. So if those of you who have been listening to the message and had been receiving it will be able to follow along the spiritual trend very well. But those of you who just reject uh, this, this uh, words of wisdom, these words of wisdom, you will be left behind. And if you have faith in the Lord, that means you are uh, facing the Lord and constantly changing your direction to, to follow Him. So it is very important for you to receive this message today. And God has been inspiring me uh, recently to lay my hands upon you guys more often because we really need to transfer the good things that God has given to the leaders of the church to you guys. And because there's an issue of time, uh, I don't know, maybe at, at the end of the service, if God inspires me again, then I will pray for each one of you. Just know that your head pastor is always thinking of you guys and caring for you in this way. So now let's look at the message for today. And everything that has died within you needs to come back to life, needs to be resurrected through this service. And as the children of God, you have received this Holy Spirit. And And if you, have became, if you have become his child, then that means your life before meeting him and your life after meeting him should be completely different. But if your life before and after have no, have no significant difference, then that means something is wrong. And coming to church itself does not hold that big of a significance. Even if you're not redeemed, even if you're not uh, saved, you can come to church because it is just a building. But if you have salvation, then that means you have been transformed existentially from before. So that's why your life has to be completely different in its, in its appearance from before. And 
every day as you live with the Lord, every day as you live in faith, your, your, the viscosity of your faith needs to become more viscous and, and, and become more intimate with the Lord. And everybody who has been saved by the Lord, they need to be acknowledged by the people around them that they have been changed by the Lord, that something, uh, something fundamentally has been changed in that person. That's the type of acknowledgement that we have to receive. So think about it. People who, who live knowing the significance and the glory of salvation has to live, diff- live, to live a different life than those who do not know of the, the significance of the glory of resurrection. So those of you who are able to digest the, the, the sermons that are being proclaimed in this church, then you will understand what I'm, what I'm saying right now because you will be touched, you will be inspired by the glory of heaven. And every day you seek and yearn to, to, to go into a deeper level with your fellowship with the Lord. For those people, for, for the people who, who know of this, who, who know of this glory, the reason why they're living in this earth isn't, isn't just to, to, to be successful or, or achieve something, but rather they're living here because God has given, this, this, given them this time to, to walk on this earth. But their ultimate goal is to live in eternity with the Lord in His kingdom. And that's why I always tell the people who are working that you need to, be, you need to always be ready to, to quit your jobs if it is necessary. In Thessalonians, Paul says, he said, he said to the church, you have seen how holy and how blamelessly I have been working for this church. And he's, he's, he's telling the church that he has served and he has ministered them while being holy and while being blameless in the eyes of God. And while I was meditating upon that message, I also devoted the rest of my life to Lord, Lord, saying, Lord, I want to serve this church. I want to serve uh, you with your holiness and and without any blemish. And of course, my body has aged and I have less energy than before. But my portion of prayer didn't, didn't change. And the things that I understand and the things that I have experienced in the Lord is in- incomparable to the things that, were, that have come to me before. And sometimes I get tired. I want to rest. But Lord, the, the Lord just leads me to the place of prayer, not forcefully, but He just inspires me and leads my spirit to the place of prayer. And through that time of prayer, He will restore everything within me. And I would able to regain all the, all the energy and all the stamina that I lost in this ministry. Because when you're connected with the Lord in your spirit, He will not let you experience spiritual losses. And living, if the Holy Spirit is acting within you, then the Holy Spirit will, will, will deter you from, from making obstacles within you that would hinder His work and hinder your spirit to, to, to reach the heavens at all times. But why can't we do that? The reason, why, the reason we can't do that is uh, we have been living a faithless life. We have, not, we have not lived while being under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we fall into despair. That's why we get discouraged. 
So that's why we need to stand firmly before the Lord. We need to face God and face the same direction that He is going towards. And there are numerous reasons why you need to follow me to overseas conferences. But one of the things is, is that if you stay just in this church, then you will become numb to the things of the Spirit. You need to go out, go into different situations, meet people, minister, minister people, because there, you will experience a new uh, level of glory when you start to minister. And look at Central America. After holding just a couple conferences, look how transformed the people are. Look, look how much the land, the churches have changed because of this ministry. The reason why all this became true is because God has selected us. God has chosen us to manage this ministry, to spread His gospel, spread His truth to these, uh, to these continents. So now let's talk about faith. The event of the resurrection of Lazarus, verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been, been in the tomb for four days. So verses 1 through 16, uh, let's summarize the things of verse 1 through 16. So Lazarus was sick, and so Mary and his sister Martha were sent on a trip to find Jesus. And in verse 3, it says, So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And in chapter 10, verse 40, it says, Then Jesus went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. And Mary and Martha were in Bethany. And Bethany is near Jerusalem. But um, the place Jesus was, was also Bethany, on the eastern side of the Jordan River. And it, the, it takes around a, a day's trip. It takes around a day for, for, for the sisters, uh, Mary and Martha, to, to find Jesus on foot. So the sisters came to, Beth, to Bethany to find Jesus, and when they left, uh, when they left the side of Lazarus, Lazarus was still alive. But when they arrived at the place where Jesus was, uh, Lazarus has already passed away. And even after receiving the message from Mary and Martha, Jesus stayed for two days in his place, and then he went to meet Mar uh, Lazarus. So what's the problem here? It's the, issue, it's the issue that Jesus knew Jesus, Lazarus died. But this was all, all according to his plan. Because he wanted to uh, eliminate all the possibilities of man. Many people think that the spirit of, of a person remains in that person even after three days of, of, of being deceased. And that's, uh, that's a belief that the Jewish people had. So that's why Jesus stayed in, in the place that he was for two more days, so that he can eliminate even this possibility. And in verse 14, Jesus said to his disciples, Lazarus is dead. So like I always say, in our relationship with the Lord, 
for too many, for, for too much time, we have been seeking the wrong things. Because we have a relationship of life, we have a relationship of life with Jesus. Everything we seek should, be, should come from that source of life. But when we need money, we will seek money rather than seeking the life of Jesus. Uh, I always mention David. Look at David. David, whenever he prays to the Lord, he prays with the mindset that if God does not get, get, respond to his prayers, then he would die. Because he realizes he cannot survive without, uh, without Jesus giving him this life. But people who just, who just seek uh, things that they desire when it comes to uh, praying with, to Jesus, Jesus already, or Jesus already knows what they're up to. So that's why they don't experience spiritual growth. And in the end, they don't really have uh, a, deep, a deep yearning in their prayer as well. And these people, the only time that they would pray with humility and with, with, with yearning is when, when their situation is dire. Only when they're met with a huge and a difficult problem where they cannot do anything for themselves will they be humbled before the Lord. But that's not the relationship that we have with Jesus. We share life in this relationship. So our relationship with Jesus, like I said before, is a relationship built on the, the source of life that comes from Jesus. And it's not a relationship of give and take. So if you're living by faith, then, then you would maintain the right relationship with Jesus. But if not, then at some point, your relationship is going to fall apart. And there will come a time where, be, you, where you become numb and where you cannot pray anymore because you cannot receive uh, a response from the Lord. The Lord stops answering your prayers because you're seeking the wrong things. And that means you have fallen under the spirit of religion. And rather than praying because you enjoy meeting the Lord and you enjoy spending time with Him, if, you're, if you have fallen into religion, you will start to pray because it is just what the church says to do, because it is a duty that we have. Raise your hand if that is you. Raise your hand if you have a, uh, if you have a relationship of life with Jesus then. So Lazarus died. And since his, his body has died and his spirit has died, he needs a new, new spirit and a new flesh. So I always emphasize this relationship that we have with Jesus. It is not a relationship of give and take. It is a relationship of life. So we need to seek and receive life from Jesus. And I mentioned David in this, in this, uh, in this, illustration but this is not possible this is not only possible for people like David but it has been made possible for everybody through the through the act of Jesus and even in your biological relationships you need to share life with one another because we all have we have all received the the, the, the life of Jesus and that's why in our relationship with our children in our relationship with our parents we must all share life
let's move on. So Lazarus has died, and Jesus stayed for two more days. And because he wanted to show to Martha, to Mary, and to Lazarus that he, that we, we should have a relationship of life and not a relationship of give and take. And God continues to seek uh, for us to have maintain this relationship with Him. And just know that God is always willing you to, to have this relationship of, of, of life with Him. But it is us who are still rejecting Him. And in the end, if He didn't want to have to build this relationship with us, then He would not have come uh, on this earth to die for us. In 2 Corinthians, I also talked about this. And what is the relationship that I have with you guys? Our relationship must also uh, not be a relationship of humanism, but also a relationship of life. Just like the relationship that you have with Jesus, that you have with God. Because if, if a church becomes a meeting for people, a meeting of humanism, then it has then it is just another assembly, it is just another meeting, it is just another organization that, is, that, that, that needs to get work done. And so that's why this relationship is so important, a relationship of life between you and Jesus, with you and God, and also with you and the people of the church. So to eliminate all human possibilities, Jesus stayed for two days. In verse 13, Jesus goes on to say, And for your sake I am glad I am not theirs, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So in order to build this relationship, he had to stay there and eliminate all human possibilities. That's why he stayed for two days. To illustrate the importance of this relationship of life. So through this sermon, you have to ask yourself, what kind of relationship do you have with, with your God? Are you, are you maintaining a relationship of life? So even Mary and Martha, those, the two, two women that loved Jesus the most while he was walking on this earth, even though they had this tight relationship with Jesus, when, when met with a difficult situation, uh, you know, the death of their brother, their relationship with Jesus immediately crumbled and lost faith that Jesus could, could come and, and uh, take care of this issue. With your, your, with your partners as well, you need to share life. Because if not, then you would constantly be contemplating whether or not to get divorced with, with that person once, once uh, you, you are met with marital issues. Let's move on. 
So even married couples do not talk about this very often. But, but uh, Mary and Martha, when they heard that Lazarus has already passed away, they, they, uh, their, their relationship with Jesus immediately crumbled. Uh, we have to realize that no matter what situation comes to us, no matter what kind of hardships comes to us, we need to hold on to this relationship of the life that we have with our Lord. Uh, verse 19, And many Jews had come to Mary and, and Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. So when we're met with a difficult situation or when we have experienced a huge loss, the only person that can come and comfort us and, and fully encourage us is Jesus, is God. But if you seek the comfort of people, if you seek the embrace of others, then you will lose sight of the, com the true comfort that comes from the Lord. And people who live by faith will know what I'm trying to talk, uh, what I'm saying. One, one question that I always had it while, while uh, ministering to churches, you know, you're supposed to resolve all the issues that you have in life through the relationship of life that you have with Jesus or that you have with God. But so many people, even in this church, still, to still uh, go to others immediately, go, go find the help of people rather than, helping, uh, rather than seeking the help of God trying to resolve their issues through the help of others. It's the same for married couples. You know, when things are good, you would, you would rely on your own strength to maintain your relationship. And when things are bad, you would, you would just fall apart without asking the help of Jesus to come and restore your relationship. So if you're doing that, then that means you're using Jesus, that you're using the help of God to, to uh, satiate your own desires. So now let's move on to verse 20. Many, many of us are still struggling to, to uh, be aware of the humanism that is acting within us. And it is because ever since we were born, we have been raised in the system that, that praises humanism, that you need to be nice and that you need to be a good person in order to be acknowledged by others. And Peter also said that, that the works, that the works of men are, also, are always the works of the devil. So we, so we need to try to eliminate all, all of our, our own human possibilities and eliminate all of our own strength because as soon as we, uh, as soon as we start to utilize that strength, we would um, end up doing the work of the devil. Let's move on. Verse 20, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. So, uh, generally, Mary's faith is usually better. And Mary was always very hardworking in serving Jesus. And 
as you know, Jesus complimented Mary over Martha, but that's, that does not mean Martha had a bad relationship with Jesus. But the funny thing is, here, it, shows, it says that Martha went to meet Jesus, whereas Mary stayed home. So the reason why Mary stayed home, when you look at the overall context of this, of this story, you, you can realize that she was upset, upset. Because she thinks that if Jesus went, as soon as he heard the news of the, uh, uh, that Lazarus is sick, then his, her brother would have been saved by Jesus. He could have reached him before he, he passed away. And that's why she was upset with Jesus. She didn't like how Jesus reacted. She was asking, why did Jesus uh, stay there for two more days, even though we told him already that, that Lazarus was sick? And this is, this is an attitude that we, uh, many of us still have. You know, whenever something happens in the church, or whenever I make a decision, some people will come to me and say, why did you do that? Why make that decision? Why did you come now? You should have come before. So Mary stayed home because she was upset, not because she was, uh, was uh, trying to host people at her home. But anyways, in verse 21, it goes on to show what, that Martha went to meet Jesus. Verse 21, Lord, Martha said, to, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been there, my brother would have not died. Let's talk about Lord. Around 8090 was when uh, the book of John was written. And the Christology of, of eight, around the, the, the time of 8090, the Christology emphasized more, more of, of, of Jesus' divinity rather than his, his humanity. But when we talk about the human Jesus, the reason why we emphasize the human Jesus is because we, we need to understand Jesus came as a man. And we, we emphasize that he was a man in order to understand that, in order to uh, explain that Jesus was the Son of God. So look to here, uh, did, did Apostle John give up the messianic secret in writing uh, in this way? Mm, so the book of John was written while, while emphasizing the, the, the divinity of Jesus. Does that mean that it completely disregards uh, the human Jesus, the aspect of human Jesus? That's not the case. Uh, and in another, in another chapter, John goes on to say that he believes that Jesus is the Son of God that came in the form of man. Uh, 
So when Martha says Lord to Jesus, she's not just saying Lord because Jesus is a master, but it, she's, she's say, she is uh, saying Lord because she's calling him the Son of God, which is, which is God himself. So I'm just trying to say that John didn't disregard uh, the messianic secret. He's just putting more weight upon the, the, the divine side of Jesus. And if anything I've said is wrong, then just uh, go, go and, and talk with Pastor Lee. And she goes on to say, if you have been here, from this you can realize that they, uh, Martha has lost faith in Jesus. Even if Jesus had been there, those who need those who are uh, those who need to die will die. And those who need to live will live regardless of the presence of Jesus around that area. So people of faith, when they, when they see the story, or if they were in the shoes of Mary and Martha, when they see Jesus staying there for two more days, rather than being upset with him, they have to acknowledge that, no, Jesus, that Jesus the Son of God, our Lord, probably has a plan, probably is acting like this because of the will of God. My brother would have not died. So what, what is the correct confession of faith? It should have been. It should have been. Uh, they should have focused on the presence, present, rather than focusing on the past. But when you look at the rest of the story, Mary and Martha, they keep focusing on the past, things that happened in the past, uh, his their brother passing away in the past, rather than focusing on, on their, their current encounter with Jesus, who is right before them. So now evaluate your, your personal spiritualities. Do you, are you still holding on to your, your previous uh, engagements? Are you still uh, obsessing over your past experiences? Or are you focused on Jesus who is coming to you today and who is going to come to you in the future? So you have to see how this unbelief is working within us. And this unbelief will lead you to focus on the past or, or make you concerned about the future. If you put all your focus on the past and the future, then you would experience uh, a failure of, of, of meeting Jesus who comes to you in the presence. In the present. And you miss out on a chance to, to allow Jesus, to allow the Holy Spirit to come into you and heal you of the scars that you have received. And in every conference I talk about this. I never, when I minister to people who are sick, I never say you will be good, you will get better in the future. I just say get up, run, walk. So within you guys, 
either either it's you're lacking of faith for God or you you're upset with him because of of your past failures all these things really hinder you from being able to meet Jesus in the present and that's why you keep talking about the past or you keep worrying about the future so Martha Martha said to Jesus Lord she knows who he who he is but yet she has lost faith in him because she thinks that if Jesus was there when Lazarus was still alive, then he would have, he would have gotten better. But if it was Lazarus' time to go, then even, even if Jesus was there right next to him on his, on his uh, bed, he would have passed away. He would have died already. Uh, verse 22, But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. So now, it seems that she, she's uh, starting to, to ask for the right things. But actually, this, this, this statement, this confession is still lacking in many ways because, because if she truly believed that Jesus was the Son of God, then that means Jesus is also God himself. And so he does not need to, to uh, ask from God, but rather he'll be able to fully uh, manifest his miracles through himself. In verse 23, Jesus said to her, your, brothers, your brother will rise again. Jesus said to her in the present tense that your brother is going to get better. But in, in verse 24, Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So Martha is speaking in, in, in the future tense, whereas Jesus is, is speaking in the present tense. So this is a different a difference of aspect in the perspective of Jesus and the perspective of Martha. So when you're, when you're meeting Jesus, who is coming at, at, the, at, at this moment right now, You need to continue to pray that God will come and heal your scars, heal your, 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 your mind, heal your past failures so that you can continue to encounter Him in the presence. Because if you have these holes within yourself, have these holes in your heart, then you won't be able to meet that Jesus who comes to you in the presence. And so these, these, the, the, this type of confession where you just toss it to the future does not really hold any substance. Our faith in the Lord is always in the present tense. And God is, in, is, is always coming to us in the present tense. He's ego Amy. And this is the core of the book of John. We need to meet Jesus, meet God who is coming to us at this moment. But Martha and Mary are... are, are um, Rejecting that Jesus, rejecting the Lord that is coming to them in the presence. So why can't you encounter Jesus, encounter God who is coming to you right now in this moment? It's because you still have scars. You still have, have, have uh, memories of failures. You still have spiritual 
weaknesses within you. That's why you cannot meet, meet Jesus fully who comes to you at this moment in the present. In a way, you can tell that that is your spiritual status. You sense, you have, you have, you sense a, a huge gap within yourself. Everything feels empty. Everything, everything feels uh, a numb because you're not whole. And if Martha had the right faith, then the statement, your brother will rise, that is spoken by Jesus, should have been received by her through Rema. But now, because she doesn't have that right faith, it is only logos to her. It is just speech. It is just a message, something that Jesus said to her. So look, Jesus said, your brother will rise again. But rather than thinking that her brother is going to get better soon, or, or the bro- his bro- her brother got, right, uh, got better at that moment, she believes that he's going to rise again in the end, at the end times. And since Martha's faith, faith was incomplete, that's why uh, uh, the proclamation of Jesus Mm-hmm. That's, why, that's why the proclamation of Jesus cannot uh, fully come into her. It does not touch her because of her weakness in faith. And in our relationship with the Lord, in our prayer lives, we need to always ask things from the Lord and receive it. We need to, when we pray to Him, we need to experience God answering our prayers. But if that stops and you continue to pray regardless of receiving a response from the Lord, then after 20 or 30 years, all those failures, all those spiritual losses are going to accumulate and become a, a huge spiritual binding for you. And in the end, you have become a religious person where you're just going through the patterns without receiving any life source from God. And that's the danger of continuing to receive, to to listen to the messages of this church without actually experiencing a spiritual growth. It's that all these things will just become, to come to you in in the form of logos. It's It's just a message. It's just data and information for you. Let's move on. So you need to see and check your spirit at this moment. What kind of relationship do you have with God? Are you meeting, are you encountering the God, Jesus, that is coming towards you in this moment, in the present? Is God listening to your prayers? Is He he responding to your prayers? Are you meeting Him each and every day? Or or do you think it is natural for you to not receive uh, a response to your prayers? Are you receiving the message in Logos or in Rema? Think about all the messages that you have heard in your time in this church. But even though though you have listened to countless sermons, you still still haven't received uh, uh, this life from God through the message. Then you need to deeply repent. Thank <laughs> you. 
you do not you should not take lightly the spiritual state where you're not receiving a response from God when you pray to him this is a very dangerous state spiritual state let's say you love your wife dearly but, but what what if your wife starts to reject you starts to ignore you and after one or two days or after a couple of weeks that's going to build up uh, that's going to build up and and, and become a, and, and um and destroy your relationship with that you have with your wife. And then you have to realize that the reason why God stopped responding to your prayers because there's a huge issue that has come between you and the Lord. And so if you do not resolve that issue, then that's going, only going to continue to sabotage your relationship with God. And people who are in this state can never have a complete relationship with God. So you need to have, um, have, have, you need to build a habit of prayer. First, you know, uh, at first, the, 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 the things that you experience through your prayers will not be so great because your, your relationship with the Lord is not fully uh, built yet. But people who live in faith will continue to pray and build a habit of prayer so that they cannot, they cannot skip a day without praying to God. But if you, if you just say, uh, if you just, uh, just say that you're busy, and, and make up excuses for not praying to God each and every day, then you will lose all the passion, all the love that you have with God, and you will stop being, uh, stop caring about, uh, stop caring about God coming to respond to your prayers, answering your prayers. And when you don't, don't take this seriously anymore, then your relationship with the Lord will completely crumble. You have to realize the reason why God listens and answers your prayers is because of this, this relationship of life that he has, he has built for you. But if you reject that, if you neglect that, then you will fall out of, fall out of his grace. Anyways, let's move on. Verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. So, strictly saying, Jesus is saying He is the life of the resurrection. And since he is, the, he is the life of the resurrection, He is the symbol of eternal life. And He goes on to say, The one who believes in Me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in Me will never die. Do you believe this? Even this is spoken in the present tense. So we shouldn't we shouldn't be shaken on this on this belief. If you are not shaken, then that means uh, that you have been maintaining the right relationship of faith with the Lord up until now. When Jesus asks you, "Do you believe in me?" you need to be able to say, "Yes, Lord, I truly believe in you," and mean it, because you have been living with the life of resurrection that comes from Jesus, our Lord. 
and that faith, that belief itself will bring you life. And even if you die, you will be given life again. And it, it all comes from our faith in the Lord. And it is wonderful that Jesus comes to us constantly in the presence, present. But if you're living in unbelief, then you, you are basically evading Jesus who comes to you. And then you complain to God saying, why, why didn't you come to me even though you were the one that evaded him? When I uh, interpret your tongues, many, many people pray in this way, complaining about Jesus not coming to them. Anyways, verse 26 or 27, Yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the, into the world. So here, uh, Martha replied in the perfect tense. He says she has believed, she has believed, and she still believes uh, that you are the Messiah, that you are the Son of God, that you that you are my Lord. So is she, is Martha, did Martha understand what Jesus is saying? So the so the, the things that she says are all true and are all the, are, are the right answers, but she didn't understand what Jesus was asking her at the moment. was still answering Jesus in, in her unbelief, in her faithlessness. And that's why even though she was saying the right things, she did not understand that Jesus is, is speaking in the present tense. That he, Jesus is asking her, Do, are you able to believe in me who, who, who is meeting you at this moment? But Martha answers saying, yes, I have believed in you and I am also believing believing you. But she's, she, but she's answering out of her or her out of um, her own experience or her, her, her knowledge of Jesus. And that's why the reason why she and Mary are upset because is because uh, is because it, according to their knowledge, Lazarus, who has died already three days ago, cannot be raised again because it is too late for him, even for Jesus, who, is, who she says is the Messiah. So this is a very blank confession that Martha made. And, he, and these, this, this type of, of, of blank and, and, um, and confessions without any substance like this will be mocked by the enemy. Because rather than being a confession of faith, it is a, it is a confession of knowledge, of data.
So since Martha and Mary do not have this right faith of the Lord because they were living in unbelief and, and faithlessness, that's why even though they are when they are uh, 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 speaking with Jesus, they're speaking out of their religion, they're speaking out of their experiences, they're speaking out of their habits, rather than truly speaking of their faith to God. In America, when, 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 you're, when you're flustered, you will say, oops. So when you do something wrong, you would, you would respond with oops. And I don't really know a lot of English, but while I was living there, that became a habit for me. Whenever I, I did something wrong or something that, 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 uh, that surprised me happened, I would say, oops, of a habit. And likewise, when you live this kind of, when you continue to live in this kind of unbelief and faithlessness, you will start to, to create religious habits as well. And these are bad habits because they hold no substance. And we truly need to repent of, of this sin. And in this season, you need to repent of your mistakes and reach uh, the Sabbath rest of faith. So even if you're unfamiliar with the context, uh, just know that this confession was not, was not of faith. Verse 28, after she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, and sh she said, and is asking for you. So Martha, even, even though Jesus didn't call for Mary, she just said to Mary, oh no, uh, the teacher is asking for you. So she did this out of her own um, um, thinking, I guess. But like I said before, Mary, in verse 20, it says Mary stayed home. And she stayed home not, not because she needed to, to, to receive visitors, but because she was upset with Jesus. And Martha, after speaking with Jesus, she kind of realized the problem of, of her faith. And that's why she, she wants to also uh, have Mary speak with the teacher. Verse 30, now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. So why did Jesus not go to meet Mary? He didn't go after Martha. No, he met with Martha. And he was supposed to go with Martha to meet Mary, but he didn't go with Martha. Why, why did he stop there? Why did he stop there? Why, did he, did, why didn't he go to meet Mar Mary? Is it because he was also upset with Mary? Saying, how dare you? No, but what was the goal of Jesus? His goal is to save uh, Lazarus. His goal is not to go and, and, and comfort and try to, try to persuade Mary of his actions. No, his goal is to save this life of Lazarus. So this is the difference of faith that Jesus had and the faith of the, of the two women here. The focus of Jesus ever since he heard the news of the, uh, of this, uh, that Lazarus was sick was to save him. So their goals were completely different. Verse 31, when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. 
uh, verse 32, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. So she's saying the same thing that Martha said to Jesus. Martha and Mary do not have uh, the spiritual state where they can meet the Jesus who is in the present. And it is because of the walls of, of unbelief that they have built up within themselves for, for several years. years. And likewise, because we have built these walls around our spirits, around our faith, we cannot meet Jesus who, comes, who is coming to us. And if your spiritual state does not allow you to, to pray to God and have Him answer you constantly, then that means you need to do something. You need to do something to mend that relationship. And the sad thing is many Christians in the world are living in this, this type of state. They just think of prayer as a spiritual, uh, as a religious act, as a spiritual act, just like meditation. And they think it is normal for people to not receive answers in their prayers. So when do you receive your, uh, a response from God? Is it only during conferences where the, where the presence and the glory of God is, is, is peaking? And are you working... Are you working very hard every day to, 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 just, to just barely uh, earn enough to, to support your families? No, that's, that's not the original plan that God had for us. His plan in creating us was for us to just enjoy time with Him, to spend time with God and enjoy ourselves in His, in His, uh, in His creation. And even now, God does not want us to become hard workers, to, to constantly busy ourselves to work, to earn uh, money to, to support ourselves and our families. And even if you work hard, it's not like you can earn enough money to be, to be comfortable in this current life that you have. And the sad thing is you're allowing your spirit to become worse and worse which makes it almost impossible for you to encounter God daily. And because you have lost sight of His promises, you have lost sight of the goodness of God. And because there are so many holes in your spirit, you cannot encounter Jesus anymore. And these people are constantly being, being um, tormented by the spirit of religion and unbelief. Pastor Suyong, who just finished writing the first draft of his paper, 
And the reason why he struggled so much in, in, in Europe while he was writing, writing over there is because he didn't write that paper through the life of Jesus. He, he wrote it out of his own uh, habits of school. And the reason why he was able to complete it so fast over here is because, you know, of all the meat that we have been serving him. And also, uh, where, because he's, all, he, he's learning how to write with anointing rather than his own mind. So now that he has uh, handed in his paper, we need to pray that the professors and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and all the people who are in charge of reading his paper will, will pass that paper so that he can receive his degree. So now you have to, you need to receive by faith that you are a being, that you are in, ex, that you are in existence that can, that has to receive, that, that uh, has the right, has the privilege to, to pray to God and also receive a response from Him in, every, in your every prayers. You know, we just went through a pandemic a couple of years ago, and it was a difficult situation for us back then. But know that even, even more difficult things are going to come to us in the future. And uh, we need to continue to, to build up our faith so that we can, uh, we, can, we can break through all these situations. And we need to uh, form a habit of prayer, of praying to God, even if even if uh, we are busy, even if our situation is very difficult. Because we need to continue to receive the source of life from Jesus, from God. And we need to stop living in the spirit of religion. And I always tell the pastors of the world, I talk to them about the spirit of religion because they are, the more, they are, they are very susceptible. Leaders of the church are very susceptible to the attacks of religion. And that's why they have lost their nobility as the servants of God. They do not acknowledge that God is reigning over the God should be reigning over the church rather than themselves. And I want to ask him, how, how, why do you think that the church can move without the help of the Lord, without the sovereignty of the Lord? The reason why their churches have fallen out of the grace of God is because uh, they don't have the, the, the leaders, the head pastors, do not have this right relationship with God. Verse 32, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was, or verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her are also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. So he says here, Jesus was uh, troubled in spirit. So him, him being troubled in spirit can be, can be explained in various ways, but uh, he was probably upset about the level of their faith, and he was also angry about their unbelief. And Jesus was probably also upset and angry against the enemy that has caused all this. So in the end, Jesus was being compassionate to, to this group of people. 
So even if we, we have acted out of unbelief and we have not believed in, in, the, in the goodness of the Lord, God still allows us to be redeemed because He is the God of compassion. And in, 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 in that, we can have hope that He will restore us. So whenever you're, whenever, uh, whenever you, 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 you start to get aware of your, your, your unbelief, all you have to do is repent to God and ask for His help so that you can be restored in spirit and restored in faith. And in verse 34, Jesus finally starts to, to find, uh, He starts to ask for Lazarus. So Jesus did not lose faith in all this process. He did not lose faith when he saw the faithlessness of Mary and Martha and the, and the rest of the Jews. His goal from the beginning and still is to go and save uh, Lazarus. So no matter where you are, no matter what kind of state you are in, if you are a child of God, then God will always have compassion over us and He will have an anger towards the enemy. And that hope of Jesus will, 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 bring, uh, will, will help us to be victorious against our enemies in the end. So it is important for us to constantly see and look at the heart of Jesus, the heart of the Lord, because that heart, that level will help us to return into His embrace, return into His sovereignty. All we have to do is receive His heart. And no matter how much unbelief and, uh, and, and, and faithlessness has been accumulated within you, it doesn't matter because as soon as you receive His heart, as soon as you see His love, you will be able to uh, get rid of, eliminate all these things that have been stacked within you. And because God is the God of compassion, when He sees us uh, struggling with our faithlessness, He will come, come and, and pour His mercy upon us. And he, he would pour his, he also pities us in a way. But he will come and save us whenever you ask for it. Verse 36, then the, the Jews said, see how he loved him. And verse 37, but some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man kept his, this man from dying? So again, people are speaking out of their unbelief. And so Mary and Martha were also surrounded by others who were living in unbelief. No matter how many times Jesus manifested uh, miracles and did the work of the Lord uh, to the people around them, people still cannot believe that. People do not. People still cannot see who He truly is. No matter how many times Mary and Mar Martha uh, exclaimed, exclaimed to Jesus, saying, "Lord," they do not truly believe who He is. Even though they received love from Jesus, even though they saw what Jesus did, their confessions, uh, that their confessions are still filled with religion rather than being filled with faith. Verse 38, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. So once more, Jesus was, was uh, uh, troubled by the words, by the confessions of the Jews around Mary and Martha. Uh, it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. 
So the reason why Lazarus was raised from the dead was because of the compassion and the mercy and the love and the pity of Jesus. Uh, verse 39, take away the stone, he said. And so there are two things that God re- requires from us when, when, when he uh, wants to come and heal us. And the first thing is to take away the stone. First thing is to take away the stone. And the second thing is And the second is take off the grave clothes and let him go. So today Lazarus Lazarus needs to be resurrected. And for that to happen, you we need God needs us to utilize our faith. And that is also the same relationship that, uh, that is also the relationship that we have with God. God, well, God, when He wants to reveal His miracles, when He re- wants to reveal His grace to us, He need, He requires from us to open up our hearts to Him, to ready ourselves to to receive that miracle. But what defies this is humanism and our our te- our desire for the world. Because even though it is the will of the Lord to, to resurrect this dead man, our, our tendencies, tendencies of the world and the data that we have received will, will, will make us think that that, 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 uh, that that is impossible. That it is impossible for a man to resurrect another man. So we would completely reject that miracle from happening. Now, while, while the Israelites were sick, they need, all they needed to do was look upon the bronze staff. And their act of obedience would, 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 would uh, cure them of the disease that they were going through. So it is our job to constantly focus on God and face the direction that He tells us to face. And for, for us to be obedient that way, we need to put down our, our, ourselves. We need to surrender ourselves. We need to let go of our own, own experiences, our habits, our tendencies. And I don't I usually do not talk about spiritual nature that much, but the lowest level or, or the worst spiritual nature is 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 a person who lives uh, according to his own strength, according to his own methods, because they're disregarding everything and all things that come from the Lord. People who are filled with their own thoughts. You really need to repent. Uh, whether through um, fasting or through to, or, or, or just uh, lengthening your time of prayer, you need to escape that cycle, because this this is a very serious disease for you to for you to rely on your own thoughts. Because living by your own thoughts means you're completely rejecting the kingdom of God. And constantly, when God comes to, God comes to touch you, or God comes to save you, you will say, "But my thought is, but my, but my situation is." And you're always talking about yourself and how you're right and God is wrong. And that is very, very, very dangerous. So, living by your own thoughts 
means you're living in unbelief. And living in unbelief means you're rejecting and defying God. Then everything's going to become worse for you. And, and, and as you are met with these difficult situations, you start to blame the Lord, saying, uh, why, why did you let this happen to me? And you would, uh, you would, you would even destroy the little relationship, that, the, the, the small relationship that you have with the Lord in the first place. So to stop ourselves from becoming that person, we need to always open up our spiritual eyes and face Jesus, face God. And always uh, respond by faith and utilize the faith that we have to, to, to meet that, that uh, to, to come and uh, receive that miracle, receive that blessing. But all we have to do is look at that bronze staff and the rest will be done by Jesus. But many of us struggle to do even that, to just look upon that bronze staff. Let's move on. Jesus says, uh, take away the stone. Well, Martha says, but Lord, the sister of the dead, uh, Martha said, the sister of the dead, by, by this time there is a bad order for he has been there for four days. So Martha here shows, this statement made by Martha just shows how much she has been living by her own thoughts. Even when Jesus is there trying to save her brother, she says, no, no, don't do that. He's been dead already for four days. There's a bad smell over there. And also when I'm, when I'm doing healing ministry, some people, when I tell them to run, they won't be able to run because they think that they have been lame for, for all their lives. And so it is impossible for them to, to be able to run through, through, one, uh, through one ministry. So that is faith, faithlessness itself. People of faith will be able to spend uh, $10,000 when they only have $10 in their pockets. That is faith. And people of faith will understand the scale of the Lord, how big and grand that scale is. So they will not be limited by uh, their, their uh, worldly limitations. But because you, you reject uh, that scale of the Lord and you live by your own scale, that's why you become greedy. That's why you steal from others, because that's all you can do. And that has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Let's move on. Verse 40. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So faith equals glory. If you believe, then you will see the glory of God. If you, have, if you believe, then you will be given the nobility of God. Not your belief in others, but your belief in God will lead you to this glory. So with this belief, with this faith, you will, see, you will see the glory of God, the glory of the Messiah, the glory of the Son of God, the glory of heaven, the glory of His kingdom. All this will come to you and be, will be revealed to you when you have faith. But on the other hand, if you don't believe, if, you, if you're living in belief, then you won't see the glory of God. You won't see the glory of His Messiah, of His Son, of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God can only be received by those who have faith. And that's why we need to complete our faith. And if not, then just go out and, and just live in the world. Don't try to, to live with the Lord. 
when you when you uh, when you don't want to live by faith. So as soon as you believe, you will sense the glory of God coming to you. And you'll see the glory of the sun, the, the glory of, of, of sonship becoming his heir, the glory of the children of God. And then you will be inspired by all this glory and you'll be filled with the fear of the Lord. If you believe and faith will, will, will uh, lead, to, lead to glory. So all he requires from us is to, for us to roll away, take away the stone. But uh, that itself is very, very difficult for a lot of us because we have been living with humanism and through the tendencies of the world. Verse 41, so they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. So this should be the, the, of the utmost importance when it comes to your relationship with the Lord. That when you ask for something from God, you need to receive it from God. And you should not focus on the results. So, for example, when I'm doing healing ministry, I'm not, I'm not happy about God healing that person. I'm more pleased about my relationship with the Lord, that He answered my prayers instantaneously, that God is listening to me, God is receiving my prayers. That's what I'm focused on. And we cannot live with, without this relationship. How can you survive? How can you live another day? How can you breathe for another, for another instance without maintaining this relationship with God? So that's why Jesus thanked God for, for hear, listening to him. And when you, when you have this relationship, you will be confident in your faith as well. And that's why I always say people of faith, the righteous, the righteous ones of God are always confident. And whenever I'm healing somebody who, who has a broken leg or, or is lame and couldn't walk, I always tell them to throw away their canes first. And in this previous conference in, in Central America, we threw away many canes and many crutches. We also, uh, God also healed a person that that, that um, severed their Achilles heel. So it should have been impossible for them to walk anymore. But as soon as I prayed for them, I said, throw away that crutch and walk. And that person walked. So next time, we're, we're, we're going to bring back some of the artifacts of, 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 the, of this great healing ministry. We're going to bring back the canes, the crutches that the people used because they no longer need it. But this is not just about healing ministry. If you're living, if you're living by faith, then you'll be filled with this confidence because you know that as soon as you believe, as soon as you believe, it will be done for you. You're not confident because you think that that it will be done for you later on. No, as soon as you believe and as soon as you proclaim, God is going to listen to your prayers and make that true. And that's why people of God, the children of God, can be so confident. And it's the same for your businesses as well. If you always struggle in, in, your, in your workplaces, then that means you're not realizing this faith. You're not living with confidence. <clears throat> 
or the CEOs? Can you relate? Where is, where is Deacon home? Where, why are you sitting all the way in the back? You know, a short, a short person like you should come to the front or you're going to be covered by, by many people. And where's um, Deacon Kim? You know, your nephew just, oh, your son just testified and got, got baptized. You should give, give him something nice. Or you can, you know, offer, give a great offering to the church as your sign of gratitude. But anyways, let's move on. Verse 42, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit for the people standing here. So, so since Jesus maintained this relationship with the Lord constantly, he was confident about his relationship with the Lord. And all the proclamations that he made in order to raise up Lazarus was not made for himself, but, but made for the sake of the people around him. So, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. God, so Jesus wanted to show the people, rather than, uh, uh, rather than being, putting weight upon the resurrection of Lazarus, Jesus wanted to show the people standing there about the importance of this relationship that we have with God. It's, it is of utmost importance for us to realize who Jesus is and who we are in Him. And this faith is given to us by God as a gift. And it comes from our relationship with God. And so if you do not believe in who He is, then you will not be able to receive this gift from Jesus. You will not be filled with the faith because faith comes from God. So, for us also, we must not fo focus on our deeds, on our actions, on our achievements. We need to focus on who God is. Do you believe in who God is? And when you're able to believe in who God is, and when you're able to believe who you are in, in God, then through that relationship, God will bless you with, with, with presence, such as faith, such as uh, grace, blessings. Everything comes through this relationship that you, you built with God. And like I said before, the things that are hindering this uh, is, is reason and rationality. Reason and rationality is your own thoughts, your own uh, worldly tendencies. All these things come between you and the Lord. You know, the, the King of Kings, the King of Kings has called you to be his child. He is not limited in any way, and he is willing to, to, to live through you, manifest his glory through you. So why are you still holding on to the world? Why are you still holding on to your own thoughts? Let's move on. This is, this is the, the, the core of faith. When he had said this, Jesus called, called in a loud, <clears throat> loud voice, Lazarus, come out. In the same way, through this sermon and through our prayer, we need to we need to proclaim and call in a loud voice to get rid of all the things that are dead within ourselves, to resurrect all the dead within within us. With the proclamation of faith, we can eliminate all corpses within us. 
and you will start to uh, receive the glory of God once again. Amen. So prayer is a proclamation. And I can say this as a witness that every prayer that I lift up to God, whether it be one hour or two hour, is all is is like all the all the things that I'm praying about is is a proclamation, proclamation about this church, proclamation upon my 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 children. So since we have to pray, let's end the sermon early. Verse 44, The then man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the great clothes and let him go. So Jesus commanded the people to, to, to do two things. One is roll away the stone. The second is take off the great clothes and let him go. So... Firstly, I said rolling away the stone means opening up your own will, opening up your heart to realize this faith. So your, your intentions are very important in this way. So the more you rely on your own thoughts, the more, the more you rely on your own strength, you would, you, would, you would limit the work of the Holy Spirit and you limit the work of God. But the more you open up your heart to Him, the more you allow to, for, for God to work through you, the more He's going to uh, show you His grace and blessings. And the second thing is to take off the grave clothes. And these, the grave clothes uh, signify your bindings, the bindings that came from you living in unbelief. Uh, throughout your years. So when you're dead, you're, ra- you're wrapped in this, in this uh, linen clothing and basically you become a mummy. And when you're, when you're wrapped in this linen, you're very bound, you're very, you're very bound. And so your, your, movement will, your movement will be restricted. And even his nose and, and mouth were probably covered, and so you couldn't smell, you couldn't speak, and you couldn't hear, and you probably couldn't see as well. So uh, people who don't have bindings, when, they, when, when, when Jesus commands them to come out, they will be able to come, come out as a free man, as a free person, because they are not bound by these spiritual bindings. But people who, who, who have scars, people who are still bound in spirit, they wouldn't, they would take, it takes time for them to unravel, unravel themselves, to be fully liberated. So it may be done for you in, in one moment, but it, it may also take time for you to, to, to uh, slowly unravel each binding, to get rid of these great clothes one by one. But eventually, we will all be liberated. We will be completely liberated and experience true spiritual freedom when we have this faith. So, and so uh, it is important for you to get rid of all of your spiritual scars, especially spiritual scars that you have regarding God. And when God commands you to rise and come out of your grave, you must be able to jump up and follow Him. And let's end the sermon here. So let's pray with this message. You need to pray that God will show you the things that are within you, your inner self. All the times that you have lived by religion, all the times that you have relied on your own strength uh, or, or, or the spirit of religion that you have been influenced by.
Now you need to proclaim that Jesus is the Son of God. And also you need to be able to lift up prayers of proclamation that comes from your faith. So now as we pray, Lord, would you, would you show us our inner self and heal us of all of our bindings, of all of our scars, so that we can reach the, the Sabbath rest of prayer in this season. Lord, would you come and work upon us and send your fire upon us and also send uh, your resurrection, the life of your resurrection upon us so that we can be restored and so that we can uh, uh, resurrect all the things that have died within ours. Let this anointing come and be soaked into our bodies just, and, and, and let it resurrect ourselves. Restore, let it restore us so that we can become alive again like Lazarus. And Lord, would you help us to take back all, the, all, all, all of the things that we have lost, our passion, our will, our love for you. And Lord, would you come and, and, and remove us from our own, from our bindings so that we would stop focusing on the past, stop focusing on the future, but rather focus on the present where you are coming to us. Thank you so much for giving us this Easter service. And thank you so much for upgrading our faith in this, in this service. And when the season is over, help us all to become a community of, of faithful servants. And would you continue to bless this community? And would you receive the offering lifted today, the, the, the Easter offering that has been lifted today? <clears throat> And would you open up your heavenly warehouses, which is filled with the blessings that you have prepared for this church. And Lord, would you help us to build our, our, our new church building that is going to become the headquarters of the remnant community in this Korea. Help us to experience your spiritual abundance. And now, by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, and through the holy love of the Father, and the indwelling, comforting, fulfilling work of the Holy Spirit to the saints who are willing to receive this great faith from you, and let it be upon their, their families, their churches, upon their children, upon their inheritance, upon their businesses, upon their ministry, and upon your own church. May this blessing rest from now until forevermore.